0: A world existing in one man's mind, but the people aren't necessarily one of a kind. With lands and beings of different shapes and sizes, you can go anywhere, and it'll be full of surprises. Welcome to Tales from Somnia, written by Kane Casillas. Credits to Pixabay for all of the music in this episode, and Freesound for all of the sound effects in this episode. Headphones are advised. And now, sit back and relax as you listen to one of the many Tales from Somnia. Episode 8: 27 seconds of silence. Hello?
1: Hello, hello? hello? Hello, hello, hello. This isn't funny. Show yourself and turn yourself into the authorities. I'm only doing this because I have to. I have to, have to, have to, have to. I know you're here. You're here. You're here. You're here. You're here. You're here. Got
0: you. Fifteen bodies, three survivors, one cabin. Who did it? One person who didn't do it is Cordinoli Police Officer Fornell Mason. Officer Mason is currently approaching Cordinoli Cabin, the former cabin-turned-slaughterhouse. With the exception of the kitchen ominously placed in the basement, Mason thought the cabin was rather cute. It had an old, cozy feeling with outdated yet comfortable furniture and the woods surrounding the cabin. Inside the cabin were three survivors, all of whom were separated and all of whom were guests at the cabin during the time of the murders, making them the three prime suspects of the killings. Mason approached the first one in the living room.
2: Name? Shh, shh.
3: Almost
0: done. The first suspect put a puzzle piece into the puzzle, completing an image of a boat. Around him were pieces of wool, an eight ball, and two bodies crumpled and bleeding.
3: There we go. Boat's done. You like it, officer? My mother bought it for me. Where's your mother? Gone. She one of the victims? Oh, heavens no. She passed away three years ago. Lung cancer. Terrible habit, that smoking thing. Name? Uh, Bruce Fogel. Nice to meet you, Bruce. Ah, No, 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 no. Don't shake my hand, please.
2: I'm terribly germophobic. Then, why are you in the middle of two bleeding bodies?
0: Mason looked as Bruce fidgeted with his fingers, rocked back and forth, and occasionally smoothed his hands over his jigsaw. His long trench coat had numerous holes, with others patched up. It was almost as if he had been in a fight with a blade. However, it was too difficult for Mason to tell whether or not this man was insane or guilty.
4: Yes,
3: I imagine the bodies make me seem a bit of a hypocrite. More like a criminal. I was just looking for an empty space to lay my puzzle out. I haven't put it together in months. Figured it was high time to honour mum again.
2: You realise you sitting here with a puzzle would be considered tampering with evidence, right? Well, it wasn't me. I don't think... You don't think?
3: Well, I shouldn't be on the tapes. What tapes? Look up.
0: Mason looked to the corner of the room where he saw a camera flashing a red light. He turned back to Bruce, who was disassembling his puzzle in hopes to reassemble it. So, I can watch the tapes? Oh yes. Good to know. Mason found the control room in the cabin's attic and watched the old footage of the living room's camera, the same room where Bruce was assembling his puzzle. About eight hours prior, two boys were in the room, both sitting on the couch with a magic eight ball. The first boy, who wore sweats and sunglasses for environmental reasons, was shaking the eight ball. It is certain. Dude, check it out! This 8 Ball talks! No way, seriously? Let me see! Check it. Alright, 8 Ball, will I become rich and famous in the future? Unclear. Try again. Why would you say Alright, 8 Ball? Is it like an Alexa you have to say to wake it up? I don't know, you try. Will I ever get to meet my idol, Cinca Giuliani?
2: Don't count on it.
0: Uh nice try.
2: Shut up! I'll meet her eventually.
0: I mean, are we even on the same plane of existence as her? Like, are we allowed to keep making pop culture references even though we're not technically living on
2: Earth? And count on it. Aw, oh, great! Look, you broke it! Nice job, Alan!
0: can it, Henry. You just broke the fourth wall. You can't judge me.
2: At least I know I can
1: stay characteristically consistent as a vaguely tough boy instead of an attention-seeking, celebrity-crazed
2: idiot! Don't count on it. Oh, will you shut up? Don't count on it. A uh, stupid thing. Toss it out, Alan. Don't count on it.
0: The eight ball began to glow red while repeating the same four words over and over. Slowly, it began to levitate. Oh, uh, Henry, is it supposed to do that?
2: What the? Don't count on it. 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 Don't count on it.
1: But you can count on me.
0: Mason watched as young Henry's brains were blown out by eight bullets to the head. His face became less human with every shot. Alan tried to get out, yet the murderer only missed one shot where he accidentally hit the eight ball. The killer walked into the shot, wearing a hood and carrying a CZ-52. Menacingly, he cornered a panicked Alan and strangled him to death. Mason wanted to help before remembering that this was the tape, and it had already happened. When Alan stopped struggling and died, the killer pointed the gun at his body and fired. Alan's body soaked with blood and shook with every shot that hit him. Finally. He walked out of the room, but not before dipping his finger in Henry's blood and licking it. Still, his face was unidentifiable. Thank you. Mason knew one thing for sure, however. That was not Bruce Vogel's voice. Mason turned off the tape and headed back down to Bruce, who had finished reassembling his jigsaw and was humming.
3: I'm innocent.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm innocent. Um, you didn't commit this murder, yes, but why are there security cameras in the cabin in the first place? Oh, you didn't know?
3: A horrible background checks for an officer, if you ask me.
2: Bruce.
3: <sighs> the people were the cordinally High School AV
2: Club. The kids are students, and the adults are teachers. That doesn't explain why they put security cameras up. Ask the president of the club. Patricia, it was her idea. And how are you connected with this AV club? Irrelevant, you know I'm innocent. That answer just makes me more suspicious of you. Pish posh. let
3: me finish
2: my puzzle.
0: Mason ignored Bruce and headed to the bedroom where the second survivor slash suspect was waiting. She wore a brown raincoat and jeans with large glasses over her eyes. She sat on the bed, which was clean. In fact, the entire room was spotless, much cleaner than the blood-covered living room. Mason breathed in the fresh air before speaking.
2: Patricia Waterby? Speaking. Why are you alive?
5: My parents had sex.
2: Oh, I can already tell I'm not going to like you. (sighs) Let me rephrase. How come you're not one of the corpses in this cabin?
5: Lucky, I guess. Maybe the killer likes me.
2: Or the killer is you.
5: If you're accusing me, I'll let you know that my parents own this town. We have our ways, and we will win any lawsuit that comes our way.
0: Mason rolled his eyes before getting back on topic.
2: You're the president of the AV club, correct?
5: Obviously.
2: So did you organize this little class trip?
5: I picked the location, but I didn't handle the finances. That would be the treasurer, Kelly Rosenbauer.
2: And Kelly is?
5: If she's not with you, I imagine she's dead.
2: The only others with me are a Jasper Strafe.
5: Oh, Jasper, my bucker buddy Oh, he's alive! I'd like to personally clear Jasper. No way, he's the killer.
2: Your friend, I imagine?
5: Only my best friend since kindergarten. I'm kind of waiting for him to ask me out.
2: Yes, I'm sure you'd be a delight to date.
5: Honestly, if Kelly's dead, then I wouldn't really complain. Not that I'd, like, wish death upon anyone, but she sucked. She literally locked my phone in her locker because I was texting the guy she liked. Okay, it was her boyfriend, and he cheated on her with me, and I cheated on my boyfriend with him. I wonder how he's doing I started dating my stepfather's ex stepfather after that.
2: So, what? No, never mind. You put the security cameras in the cabin?
5: Yeah, dummy. The tapes prove I'm innocent.
2: I'll be the judge of that.
0: Mason played the second tape, which showed footage of the guest bedroom a small, one bedroom with no windows. A shirtless boy with a muffin top sat in the middle of the floor with a blonde girl with a fluffy coat and an older man whose brown eyes twitched every few seconds. A candle was in the middle of them.
6: Lady and gentlemen, Kelly and Hermit, be prepared for the biggest, most life-changing moment of your life!
4: I- I'm getting married? Oh, it's not to hermit, is it? N- no offense, Hermit, you're just, like, way too old for me.
7: You look like a person. I look like a duck. A combo like us would get down and suck.
4: Okay, then. Mm
2: -hmm.
6: Silence, fools! Don't you know what you could be triggering right
4: now? Carter, you dragged us down here with no explanation. Shh! Shh!
6: I've brought you here so we can summon a demon.
7: The dead are the dead, that's all there is to it. Bringing them back would be a missed hit.
6: That's not where I thought that was going. Now, will you be quiet? It could be watching us right now. We don't want
4: to make it mad. Oh, boy, here comes another story.
6: Long ago, a woman slept with a
7: cow. This story is weird to listen to, and I was your pick. From now on, no thanks. You can suck my stick.
6: No, 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 Hermit, you can't leap! What? Why do you have a stick in your pocket? Uh, Never mind. It's already aware of our presence. We don't
0: want to upset it, do we? Carter pulled a razor out of his pocket and switched it on. Hermit and Kelly looked at each other, terrified.
4: Carter? Why do you have a knife?
6: (laughs) For dramatic effect.
0: He closed the razor and put it back in his pocket.
6: Sit down!
0: This is the story of
7: Clancy. Ah! Is what I would say if I didn't have class. Now you're just being a pain in the ass.
6: Oh, didn't think you'd actually swear that time. Moving on.
7: Long ago...
6: A woman in alabama slept with a cow six years of pregnancy later the baby was born her name was clancy and she ate people she seemed to be a nice minotaur but after being born from human blood that was the only thing that could satisfy her cravings every night Clancy would stalk the farms of the innocent, blending in with the cattle. And when she was brought back into their homes, she would feast. Her favorite were the teeth. They crunched less than the bones, but still kept their texture and had traces of blood. They were the true sweet spot of her all-natural meals. But she didn't stop there, no, no. With her bare hands, she could rip apart limbs. I don't mean just from the sockets. No, she could rip them apart into a dozen pieces. When she's done with that, she goes for the head. All that's left of Clancy's victims are their genitals. She would string them in the fields. So the next morning, when the cattle were released, all the town could hear were the disturbed... Moo's of the cows, signaling to everyone that Clancy had struck again.
4: (laughs) You know, you almost got me there.
7: (laughs) Yeah, the music really helped fill the suspense. If I were a child, I'd be very tense. Fine!
6: If you want to laugh, let's summon it. You don't think it's real? You'll have no problem starting the ritual with me.
4: You're kidding, right?
6: Come on, Kelly. You're better than this. Show me.
4: Ugh, fine.
7: What do we have to do?
6: We have to moo in the three-part harmony.
7: Dibs on soprano. I'll sing the right key. Much like the throbbing I feel in my knee.
6: Uh, sure? I'll go, base. Kelly, you're Alto. Give B-flat.
4: Okay, then. No.
0: The candle in the middle began to enlarge, erupting into the tallest and thinnest flame in history. A hole burned through the roof as lightning cracked the wind in two. Slowly, the three friends began to run out of breath, and as they began to quiet down, another noise filled its place.
4: Fuck! Jeez, Hermit! Will you back off? Kind of freaked me out there.
7: (laughs) You should have seen the look on your faces! Oh, so now you're not rhyming. Couldn't pass up the opportunity. What's that? No way.
0: A figure emerged from the fire, with two hands, two hooves, and at the top of its head, two horns. It was massive, about seven feet tall, and its eyes glowed red in the flames. It stepped out of the fire, landing with a thud.
4: Hiya! Nice to meet you guys. I'm Clancy. How are y'all today? What?!
5: Oh my gosh! And where is this cute little cabin located.
7: Cordonoli Cabin is the name of the abode. Please don't eat my liver, intestines, or chode.
4: Carter, I- I'm confused. Isn't she supposed to be like eating us? Uh,
7: I don't know. I I
4: think
6: we broke the demon.
4: Excuse me, I'm right here. It's kind of insulting, you know.
6: Uh, sorry, Clancy. We just we j- we just expected you to be more of a. A seating monster that are are you wearing a sweater?
5: Yep. Knitted it myself in Babadoo.
7: What the hell is Babadoo?
5: Oh, you don't believe in Babadoo?
7: Is that some sort of afterlife?
5: It's the afterlife. Oh.
4: Wait. What? I'm not supposed to tell humans about Babadoo. Oh. It means nothing, right? (laughs) I'm sorry, children. No, no.
0: Suddenly, the tape cut out, revealing static and occasional screams. Officer Mason tried to restore the tape many times now and later, only to come up empty-handed once again. Finally, the tape fired back up, only for Mason to be even more shocked. The candle in the room was snuffed, with traces of smoke swirling around all four bodies. Kelly, Carter, Herman, and Clancy. Clancy, the demon that supposedly ate people, had been murdered. How? Mason jotted some notes down and stormed back to Patricia.
2: You said you're in charge of the tapes?
5: I set them up, yeah.
2: Why was there a cut in the video?
5: What do you mean?
2: The video cut in and out, skipping five whole minutes of your friend Kelly's murder.
5: She is not my
2: friend. You can see how that makes you even more suspicious, right?
5: Well, I was with Jasper, like, all day.
2: Meaning you could be working together. Got it. I'll be asking him his side of things, of course. Got to make sure everything lines up properly.
5: This is ridiculous.
2: What about Bruce? Who? Bruce Fogel. He a teacher, chaperone, someone's parent.
5: I have no clue who you're talking about.
2: Bruce Vogel. Tall, weird, likes puzzles.
5: Hey, he's not with us. What? I organized the whole list of attendees of this trip, and that guy is definitely not on the list. Did you let a random guy come onto a crime scene?
2: Thank you, Miss Waterby. I'm going to talk to your friend now. Sit tight.
5: If I'm in trouble, you'll be hearing from my lawyers.
0: Mason ignored Patricia and headed to the bathroom, wanting to use it. When he opened the door, however, he found his third suspect. A taller teenage boy with a wool jacket and tight pants. His jet blonde hair hung around his head, accenting his blue eyes.
2: Sheesh, for that outfit alone, you should be arrested. I take it you're Jasper Strafe? I take it you're the one who's got me marked as a suspect? Well, I didn't have much to base that off of, besides the fact that you're alive while 12 others aren't. But maybe we can figure this out. Fair. Why were you in the bathroom?
1: I was hiding. I didn't want the killer to get me.
2: Were you with anyone?
1: No. Last time I was with someone, I was eating lunch with my friend Patricia. Oh gosh, Patricia. My bucker buddy Oh,
2: Is she okay? Fortunately for you, and unfortunately for me, yes. Between us, I'm pretty sure she has a crush on you.
1: Oh, thank goodness she's okay. And yeah, I kind of assumed that. She bought me this wool jacket, among other things. It's
2: pretty expensive. Most friends don't just splurge on other friends like that. Exactly. Anyways, Jasper, I've heard a couple of different stories and seen some tapes. So I need to make sure the stories match. You said you were last with Patricia at lunch?
0: Uh
1: Yes, sir
2: interesting she said she was with you all day
1: she did oh
2: which is it jasper
1: lunch we had hot dogs and then called it a day i haven't seen her since
2: yeah right so one of you is lying about that and bruce Vogel? who bruce Vogel, the only adult around here has a jigsaw puzzle
1: i've never seen him or heard of him in my life is he someone's parent
0: Mason began taking notes.
2: Not according to Patricia or you.
1: Shouldn't that be enough evidence then? He was never here, so he's most likely to be the one to jump out and murder 12 people. It definitely wasn't me, and it definitely wasn't Patricia. Sometimes I feel this weird thing inside me. Never mind, it's probably just puberty.
0: Mason looked down and saw traces of wool on the carpet, no doubt coming from Jasper's jacket.
2: Excuse me for a second, Jasper.
0: He followed the trail of wool to the attic. Once the trail stopped, he went back to watch the tapes of the security cameras and watched what had happened in the attic.
1: I suppose the authorities will find these tapes someday. So here's a little snippet of me. Don't get your hopes up just yet, my friend, but know that I look forward to our game.
0: The camera in the attic focused on the entire room, filled with dusty boxes, cobwebs, and an open window with two dolls on it. The door swung open, revealing a shadow of a person. No face was identifiable. The figure walked towards the open window, careful not to reveal their face. Despite only one person being in the room, Mason could hear two voices on the tape.
8: Oh my gosh, dude, guess what? What, dude? A gringo Carter? He asked me out.
3: I know manches. For real?
8: For real, dude. Like he said, he'd take me to dinner and everything. Oh, damn, bitch. I'm tickled.
3: But, like, isn't that white boy dead now, dude?
8: I know manches.
3: Yes, bitch. He literally tried summoning a demon last night. Ay, puta. Oh, but wait, that one was kind of relaxing, actually.
8: Terrible.
3: But listen to me, cabron. Like, everyone's dying here.
8: Bro, not even. Bro,
3: yes, even. Like, everyone's trying to act all sketchy or whatever, but now they're all dead.
8: <laughs> Wait, what is it with all these people trying to act all edgy and shit? Like, <laughs> it's not cool.
3: Oh my gosh, bitch. But, like, what if we're next?
8: I know no man, just cabron. We're literally getting stabbed right now, and, like, nothing's even happening. Literally, look.
3: I don't know how? We should totally be dead right now, right?
8: <laughs> because we're unstoppable bitch. Period. But for real dude, like we could probably just be safe here as long as we keep hiding in this garage.
3: Yes, and like they can get us here because we can just use the cars to get away.
8: <gasps> oh bitch, you can drive?
3: Not legally.
0: Veronica and Antonio continue to get stabbed, laughing and swearing out of mockery. Yet Mason couldn't seem to see where the voices and stabbing sounds were coming from. Slowly, the killer walked away, careful not to show their face once again. Mason looked at the window where the killer had been standing. He saw the two dolls on the window with dozens of needles in them, which made Mason realize exactly what was happening. They were voodoo dolls. Walk away now, you got what you wanted. Mason frantically switched over to the garage cameras to find people that looked exactly like the dolls in the attic, the real Veronica and Antonio. He wished he could warn them of what was coming, but all he could do was watch their human bodies and the dolls in sync and wince as the needles entered the dolls. Mason shut the garage tape off, seeing their bodies overwhelmed with pain was too much for him. He looked back at the attic to find flakes on the floor. When he zoomed in, he realized they weren't just flakes. They were pieces of wool.
2: Jasper's jacket? It was wool. It's him? But how did he mess with the tapes? Is Patricia helping? But wait, the first tape had no wool. Didn't even see the guy. For all I know, it could be Bruce, who still has no alibi as to why he's here.
0: The tapes continued to play, this time around the outskirts of the cabin, showing two adults and two children, all of whom looked alike sharing different shades of brown eyes and hair. Mason could tell they were family. The children looked to be the same height, freckles, and possibly were the same age. Mason made an educated guess they were twins. He was right. When he ID'd the family, he found they were the Johansson family, parents Samantha and Crawford, with twins Devin and Devin.
5: Ugh, do we have to? Yep. Don't act like you two don't deserve it.
3: Come on, Mom. It wasn't that bad.
0: Uh, excuse me? You vandalized private property.
5: They were eggs, Dad. You could just wash them off. We did wash them off. What did you call him? He's not Dad right now. He's Mr. Johansson. We're at work, and right now you're getting the same punishment we'd give to any other student.
3: Yep. Feeling the love. <laughs> oh, goody. Now you're grounded for
5: a week when we get back. Can we please not sleep in the outhouse tonight? Please? You're 15. That's not working anymore. Mom, you're literally making us sleep next to a toilet. There has to be something you and Dad
0: want. You could pay next month's rent. I don't have a job. Exactly. So poop, sleep, you go. The Johansson parents opened the door of an outhouse and extended their arms towards it, almost as if to gesture a surprise. The kids nearly puked as they saw the pee stains on the toilet, the toilet paper wads on the ceiling, and the three feet of space between the sticky walls and the toilet. The twins looked horrified as their parents shoved them inside the outhouse and tossed them some blankets. Good night! For the twins, it felt as if hours had passed. For Mason, who was watching the tape, he only had to fast forward it ten short minutes before they started complaining.
5: Devin! uh, Get your foot away from my knee! Bro, if I move my foot, I step in poop. If you don't move it, you'll break my knee, and I'll break yours back. Oh my gosh. Something just fell on me. That would be toilet paper. Get it off me! I'm not touching that. Ugh, this sucks. All because we egged that stupid cabin. You! Uh, Devin? Yeah, Devin? Did you hear that?
0: You killed our babies. (laughs) The twins stayed as perfectly still and quiet as possible as they heard rapid footsteps approaching the outhouse. We'll splat you like you splatted them. The twins freaked out as dozens of beaks cracked holes in the wooden walls of the outhouse, forcing them to step in poop to avoid being nipped by their beaks.
5: Chickens! They must want revenge for the egg thing! Forget this, I'm leaving! Right behind you!
0: Devin and Devin kicked the door open and ran, narrowly escaping the hundreds of bloodthirsty chickens. Quickly, they ran back to their parents.
3: Mom! Dad! What are
6: you two doing out of the- Oh, sweet Mother Mary!
0: The chickens all approached the family, turning their heads towards them in unison. Their eyes glowed a dark red. The family almost expected lasers to come out of their eyes. Instead, they stared the humans down and charged.
5: Oh, you better not touch my babies. Hi-ya!
0: Samantha Hi-ya! threw her high heel at a chicken, yeah. impaling its side and sending it toppling over. Other yeah. chickens attacked, but Samantha simply chopped and kicked them away.
5: I know she's on our side, but now I'm even more scared of our mother. Me too. Me three. You married her.
6: Yeah. Respectful fear, son. Respectful fear.
0: Samantha snapped the neck of the final chicken before wiping the blood off her blouse and smiling.
5: This is why we don't ate things.
0: A thousand more chickens began to attack, all looking like a bad Terminator fanfic. This time, the whole family charged back at the chickens, severing talons, biting wings, and punching beaks in perfect harmony. The chickens fell with clucks of agony as the humans felt stronger. They pushed through the wave of chickens until there were no more. Mason had to fast forward a couple of hours till the fight was over. Once all the chickens were dead, they realized they had pushed so far past the wave of demon birds that they were at an old shack, not the cabin. Cautiously, they walked inside, with Crawford in front.
5: Sweetie, do you want me to lead?
0: Yeah, well, okay, I'm fine with that. Okay. The family walked through the house to find chickens hanging by the neck on a wire, Their bodies twitched while their eyes flickered red on and off like a light switch. Then a figure jumped out with a chainsaw. Like pieces of a puzzle. The tape cut out. Mason threw his hands up in frustration. Was this Patricia's doing? And what about the puzzle line? Was that Bruce? The tape came back on, and all that was left of the Johansson family were their severed body parts hanging next to the chickens. Blood dripped on the floor, right next to an array of wool scattered around the shack jasper's jacket again mason was even more confused than before
2: well this just looks like they could all do it is that what that means did they team up are they covering for each other jasper and patricia are close that could explain things but the evidence lines up to where it's bruce no it doesn't but then where did bruce come from who cut the audio of the security tapes how long was the wool from jasper's jacket in those rooms (laughs)
0: All hell broke loose, baffling Mason even more. Jasper came sprinting out of his room.
1: I think that Bruce guy is dead. What?
0: Murdered. Mason rushed into the living room to find Bruce's body crumpled over his unfinished jigsaw. A knife stuck out of his head like a psychotic unicorn. He was definitely dead.
2: Where's Patricia?
0: I don't know. Mason and Jasper ran over to Patricia's investigation room to find that Patricia had gone. There was a hole in the wall leading downstairs. So it's her?
2: Has to be if you're here and Bruce is dead. Did you see what happened?
1: No, I was in my room the entire time.
2: (sighs) Damn it! I've got to deal
1: with her now. Let me help. No way. Why not? Not your job. Alright, well you should know that that hole leads out to the woods. You should be able to find her out
0: there.
2: Alright, thanks kid.
0: Mason pulled his gun out and raced out of the cabin. Jasper watched as he disappeared into the woods. And when he finally was out of sight, Jasper grabbed a flashlight and headed into the hole. He had lied to Mason. The hole led to the kitchen, not the woods. But if anyone could save Patricia or convince her to stop killing, it would be him. I'm coming, Bucker buddy
1: Patricia this isn't funny show yourself and turn yourself into the authorities I'm only doing this because I have to I have to you have to have to. have to I know you're here you're here you're here you're here you're here, you're here. got you Patricia! What? How are you bleeding?
0: Confused, Jasper looked at his hand to find a knife in it. Blood was smeared across it. Was I...? Did I...? Yes. Suddenly, Jasper felt his soul suck into a mushy pink room, yet as he looked out, he still saw the kitchen. That's when he realized where he was. This is my brain. And this is
1: now my body. Hey, this is my body. (laughs) Not anymore. I have certain cravings I need to satisfy.
0: Who even are you? I'm you and someone else. Jasper rushed through his brain, screaming at the voice to let him go. The voice didn't listen. It simply raised the knife in the air and gutted Patricia's corpse. It flopped like a fish out of water. Jasper looked away as the voice used his body to drink Patricia's blood.
2: Strafe, what's going on down there?
0: Gotta run. Jasper felt his body pick up speed as he crashed through the wooden walls of the kitchen and sprinted into the woods. As he ran, Jasper felt his soul float back into his heart, allowing him full control. The voice was gone.
5: Strafe, get back here!
0: Jasper didn't bother to listen. All he could do as he processed what had just happened to him was run. He ran so quickly that within a few seconds, Mason's voice faded to a whisper. He sprinted deeper into the dark and foggy woods until he ran out of gas and had to catch his breath. As he did, he was knocked over and landed face first in the dirt. Ah!
1: Please don't arrest me. Why would I arrest you?
0: Jasper stood up to find a woman wearing a blue shirt and a badge. She was older than him, but her frame was smaller. She was thin, almost as if she was starving. You're not a cop
4: oh no i am or i was at least
1: uh okay bye wait sorry lady but i don't need to go back to Cordonoli. they won't listen
4: Cordonoli? you sure you're all right kid
1: i don't know anymore why
4: because this is my nausea i'm with the mpd or was at least
1: you said that already
4: and you still haven't said why you're scared of police
1: i'm not scared I just think I did something that I didn't do. Been there. I mean, technically my body did it, but it wasn't my consciousness. What? I i think I'm possessed.
4: What did you say your name was again?
1: If I cooperate with you, will you agree not to arrest me? Even though you're out of your jurisdiction, I just want to make sure.
4: Still in my nausea last I checked, but sure. Name's Jinx Hattie.
1: Jasper Strafe.
4: Your name is Jasper Strafe?
0: Jinx immediately put Jasper in an arm bar and twisted it extra hard.
4: You're gonna pay for what you did.
0: This concludes today's episode of Tales from Somnium, with Dylan Thomas Dawson playing Officer Fornell Mason, Manticore playing Jasper Strafe, Abby Sitton playing Patricia Waterby, and Liam playing Bruce Fogel. With Donovan Lusher voicing the 8-Ball, Leo Gillead voicing Henry Horner and Chibi voicing Alan Amari. Also starring Keon as Carter Kimara, Spirit Nova as Clancy, Robert Merez as Hermit Hollowitz, and Gracie Merez as Kelly Rosenbauer. With Sasha Zakai playing Veronica Valenti and Izzo playing Antonio Nunez. Also starring Wendy Casillas as Samantha Johansson, Dante Casillas as Crawford Johansson, Kiela Casillas playing Devin Johansson, and Elias Casillas playing Devin Johansson, the other twin. This episode also features the return of Gracie Merez playing Jinx Hattie from episode one, and of course yours truly, Kane Casillas, once again playing the role of the narrator. Now that Jasper and Jinx have crossed paths, what's next? If you've got questions, I'm finally going to give you your answers. So be prepared for as many shocks and twists as possible. We'll see you next time with more Tales from Somnium.